everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. We're your hosts, Brian, Nathan, and JC. And uh, tonight, it's going to be a shorter episode. Uh, we just wanted to come and uh, share uh, what God has laid on our heart as our statement of faith for this podcast. Uh, we started this three years ago, and uh, it's been an incredible journey uh, that God has taken us on, and it really has become a ministry, and being that it's a ministry, we want to continue to to dive into that and, and be used of God in some incredible ways. Yeah, and a few people have said that, you know, it, it's very indicative of where we're at spiritually, that we've waited over two years to come up with a statement of faith. I want to remind everybody that all three of us are pastors, and yeah. we value the local church and our primary ministry to our local church and our families over a podcast. So mm -hmm. we are all three uh, under the authority of the Word of God, of um, plurality of elders, of bylaws of a church, uh, and statement of faith from each of our churches, and they're all very solid and very fundamental. And I challenge anybody to go and read our information and find a stronger doctrinal statement and find a stronger set of biblical commitments than we have in print that I live under the authority of. And if some of the people who've been mocking us and challenging us, I don't want to just come right out and say this, but our statement of faith is bigger than your statement of faith. And uh, <laughs> I love it. I don't, I love I don't it. think I don't think I'd be uh, mocking that. And here's the other fact. We have accountability. The elders yeah. at all of our churches, the leadership of all the churches that we are employed at, that we pastor at, that we minister at, they listen to the podcast. And so we don't just have the naysayers and the people that are RFP network. We have our staff members also that listen, our pastors, yeah. our leaders, our elders. And so there's, there's accountability on many fronts with the RFP. Last week, Nathan edited out something that I said, and the very thing that caused me to send out that text and say, Hey, it was a joke, but, but edit that out is the fact JC that some of the pastors that I serve alongside of spoke into my life over the past you know, several months, just challenging mm -hmm. me on things. And what I said, I said in good fun, but it just was unnecessary. Yeah. And I think it's important to say that the entire word of God, the 66 books of the Bible are our statement of faith. So no mm -hmm. statement of faith can include everything. These are the things that are important to us. And they're things much like when the fundamentals were written, they were things that were being attacked in that culture. And so these are things that we think are really important for us. And these are for participation within the RFP network. We've sent this out right. to all of our podcast hosts. We've, we mentioned this last week, and this is what we're asking them to agree to. And we believe it's a very basic statement of faith. And we're just going to walk through it tonight and explain what it is that we believe and uh, let it land where it lays. So we'll start off right off the bat. You hear this every week on our new intro is that we affirm the five fundamentals of the faith, the inerrancy of scripture, the virgin birth of Christ, the substitutionary atonement of Christ, the bodily resurrection of Christ, and the reality of miracles of Christ. Yeah. And our statement of biblical authority. We believe that the Bible is the inspired and errant and sufficient word of God. 
God has spoken to the world in the person and work of Jesus Christ, which is accurately and authoritatively revealed in the Bible. The Bible serves as the final authority of the church and each individual believer. The Bible is superior to tradition in every possible way. We believe in the one triune God who is eternal, self-existent, infinite, and immutable. God exists as one essence in three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and each are fully God. We believe that God, being sovereign, exercises supreme and absolute control over all creation. We believe that the universe was created by the express word of the sovereign God and not by chance of an evolutionary process. We believe that all people are created in the image of God and possess dignity, value, and worth as his image bearers. And we believe all people were born with an inherited sin nature received from our common ancestor, Adam. We believe that because of his nature and by his own choice, man is a sinner. He is totally incapable of reforming himself or ceasing from sin by his own power. We believe the only hope of deliverance for man is found in the turning from sin and trusting in Christ alone as Savior. We believe in the power of the gospel to open the eyes of sinners to the truth and beauty of Christ. We believe that salvation is by grace through faith. We believe that only through the substitutionary atoning sacrifice of Christ on the cross can a man be delivered from God's righteous wrath and judgment against sin. We believe that salvation is purposed by the Father, accomplished by the Son, and applied by the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Holy Spirit awakens the mind and heart of unbelievers to the awareness of sin by convicting them of sin, righteousness, and judgment. The Holy Spirit illuminates Scripture to reveal the sinfulness of man and the beauty of Christ. The Holy Spirit draws sinners to Christ and awakens faith. Justification is applied to us by the Holy Spirit. Sanctification is given to us and worked in us by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings assurance of salvation to believers. We believe that salvation is supernatural miracle wrought by God and establishes an eternal relationship that can never be broken. We believe that he who begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. We believe that those who turn away from their, the faith or apostatize went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. We believe that all those who reject Jesus Christ as their Savior are already condemned, John three seventeen and 18. We believe that heaven and hell are literal and eternal. We also affirm the following statement of marriage and sexuality. It is the biblical position that marriage involves the union of one man and one woman in permanent sacred fidelity. Though various cultures and customs have evolving definitions of marriage, it is God alone who has ultimate authority to prescribe and describe the marital relationship. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, Matthew chapter 19, verses 1 through 9, Mark chapter 10, verses 1 through 12.
Furthermore, sexual intimacy is only properly exercised and pursued within the confines of this marital relationship. Sexual immorality, defined as any sexual activity outside of the boundaries of the sacred marital relationship between one man and one woman, is clearly and expressly forbidden by the Lord. Matthew 15, 19, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, and Hebrews 13, 4. As a consequence, the church regards any and all forms of sexual immorality, including adultery, fornication, homosexual behavior, bisexual conduct, bestiality, incest, pornography, or even lustful intent towards such as sinful and ultimately unsatisfying. Moreover, we also regard as sinful the intent or desire to surgically alter one's biological sex to a different sex. Since the body is the creation of God, the church holds sexual identity to be biologically determined, and associated gender norms are to be observed as appropriate to biblical standards. Disagreement with one's biological sex only leads to spiritual confusion and emotional chaos. Genesis 1.27, Romans 1.26-32, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. All the references to man and woman in this statement are referring to those who were born biologically as male and female. Though sinful expression is egregious, as is all sin, the gospel provides redemption and restoration to all who confess and forsake their sin, seeking mercy and forgiveness through Jesus Christ. First Corinthians chapter six, verses nine through 11, Ephesians chapter two, verses one through 10, Titus chapter three, verses three through seven. Furthermore, there is a difference between temptation and unrepented sin. Jesus was tempted in all ways as we are, yet he never sinned. Members, employees, volunteers, and attendees of the church wrestling with all manner of sexual temptation will find a church ready to point them to Jesus and join with them to fight for their obedience to Christ. Jesus called the weary and heavy laden to himself. As the church desiring to follow Christ fully, the church will be a safe place for men and women fighting sexual temptations of all kinds. For those fighting temptations and repenting of sin, the church will provide love, care, and direction. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, Hebrews 2, 17 through 18, and Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Hateful and harassing behaviors or attitudes directed towards any individual are to be repudiated as sinful and are not in accordance with Scripture nor the doctrines of the church. You know, guys, I love that the word church appears in there because, mm -hmm. you know, we don't believe that the RFP is a replacement for the local mm -hmm. church. And as the people of God, we are the church. And so we're making this statement that our views are consistent with those that are laid out for the church in the scripture. Yes, the three of us in this capacity are podcast hosts, but we are ultimately a part of the church and as a part of right. the church, under the authority of Jesus Christ for the church. We believe in the wisdom of theological triage as laid out by Al Mohler. First level theological issues would include those doctrines most central 
and essential to the Christian faith. Included among those are the most crucial doctrines, would be doctrines such as the Trinity, the full deity and humanity of Jesus Christ, justification by faith, and the authority of Scripture. These first-order doctrines represent the most fundamental truths of the Christian faith, and a denial of these doctrines represents nothing less than an eventual denial of Christianity itself. The second-order doctrines is distinguished from the first-order set by the fact that believing Christians may disagree on the second-order issues, though this disagreement will create significant boundaries between believers. When Christians organize themselves into congregations and denominational forms, these boundaries become evident. Christians across a vast denominational range can stand together on the first-order doctrines and recognize each other as authentic Christians, while understanding that the existence of second-order disagreements prevent the closeness of fellowship we would otherwise enjoy. Third-order issues are doctrines over which Christians may disagree and remain in close fellowship, even within local congregations. We reject legalism in all of its forms. We embrace Christian liberty as expressed in the Scripture. We reject theological liberalism. While we embrace authenticity, humor, irony, and the appropriate sarcasm, we believe we must engage others in a respectful way. We believe in biblical correction, instruction, and rebuke. We do not shy away or back away from challenging sin within and without or from being challenged ourselves. We believe that IFB pastors and members, as well as progressive Christians with whom we disagree, must be afforded compassion, love, kindness, respect, and dignity, regardless of their belief or behavior. We are committed to maintaining Christian integrity and testimonies through our personal lives, ministries, and social media interaction. We exist to help and encourage those whose lives have been negatively affected by fundamentalist legalism in the church and to challenge those who promote tradition over scripture. We affirm this statement and acknowledge the participation and fellowship within the RFP network of podcast is contingent upon faithfully representing this basic set of beliefs. Guys, I think it's important to say that when it comes to first-level doctrines that are essential to the faith, we've got to know what those are. We have to know what the faith once for all delivered to the saints is, but we also have to be able to stay true to our conscience. We don't want to open our platform for somebody to teach something that we don't think is theologically accurate, mm -hmm. and we feel like this theological triage is a really important system to understand that even though a lot of these issues in this document are important Bible doctrines, no, they're not essential for salvation, but that does not mean they're not important. We think they're incredibly important, and everything that we've included in this, we believe is very important, and we as pastors would not allow someone to come and stand in our pulpit that wouldn't affirm these basic doctrines. 
why would we offer someone a microphone and a podcast platform when they're teaching something different than we believe? We are responsible. The Bible says teachers will be held to a higher standard when we stand before God. So we take this seriously and you know, we're, we're putting this out there. This is who we are. And we know our statement of faith may look a little bit different than yours and yours may look different than ours. And people may take some wax at us like they do anyway, because of where we stand, but this is where we stand. We can't do anything else. We have to be true to what we believe the word of God teaches and what our conscience dictates. Yeah. And you know, it doesn't mean that we don't love people who differ. Absolutely. From us. Yeah. You know, we deeply care about them, but at the same time, because all three of us are pastors, we have to guard a system of belief because of all of the other people who look to us. And I think the last thing any of us want is for there to be serious confusion among people who look to us to shepherd them well. And so I would just say for me personally, and I think I speak for both of you, Rather than have a large podcast network, I'd rather have an accurate podcast mm -hmm. network yeah. that represents what we believe the Bible clearly teaches. And anybody who disagrees with that, hey, we love you. We don't force anybody to be members of any of the churches we serve. And that same way, we wouldn't force anyone to be a member of a podcast platform. And so you're completely free and we love you, but but it doesn't mean that we're going to pass the microphone and endorse your voice. We're going for quality over quantity. Yeah. I like and I had, I had to dumb it down for us youth pastors. Brian. <laughs> oh, wow. And, Give me a break. Hey, <laughs> hey, and listen, anybody that says we're creating an echo chamber, that is false. We, yeah. we have proven in the past, we will interview people that disagree with us. We want to hear other ideas. All three of us read books, listen to podcasts with people that disagree with us. But for us to put our stamp of approval on uh, membership within a network, uh, there needs to be some doctrinal agreement, especially on things that are, that are this important, important. And when we say that participation and fellowship within the RFP network is contingent upon faithfully representing this basic set of beliefs. We're not saying we're not going to fellowship with you if you're not a part of the podcast. We're not saying that we think you're not a Christian. We're just saying that to be a part of what we're trying to do, the mission we think God called us to do, you have to be on the same page and have the same mission and have the same vision and we love people that disagree with us, and we want to have conversations with people that disagree with us, but we don't want to necessarily partner with them in ministry if there's not a certain level of theological agreement. Hey, I serve with guys, arm in arm, who have different eschatological views. Yep. We, we walk hand in hand. Yep. I serve with guys who are in different places on the Reformed spectrum. Yep. At the end of the day, we believe salvation by grace through faith. And so we fellowship on the basis of the gospel. Mm -hmm. You know, there are so many different people in my life that represent different perspectives and different point of views that no one can accuse me. And I know they can accuse you guys accurately of not having people in our lives that we disagree with. Mm -hmm. um, 
at the same time, there are some issues that rise to the level of we have to stand here and we're, you know, we just can't give up ground on this. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that we're willing to do that, um, you know, for the sake of the integrity of, of the scripture and the people who look to us as spiritual leaders. What I love about putting out this statement of faith, it's proof we ain't, we're not going anywhere. Um, the RFP is not throwing in the towel because it's getting tough. And people that were once with us or not with us anymore. I, I, Twitter, you see it all over Twitter these days. Oh, even the insiders turning on them. Well, listen, here, here, as people grow, you continue to develop different views. And, and this is who we are. And, you know, that we're not going to back away or shy away. We're going to continue to press on in the RFP is going to continue to help and encourage and challenge. And that's what we've been doing, and that's what we hope to continue to do. And uh, we've, got, we've got some big, exciting interviews coming up. Uh, we got some topics that are coming up that we can't let out of the bag right now, but these are things that we're super excited about, and uh, I really do believe the best is yet to come. And I'm excited to see where we're at three years from now if the Lord doesn't come back and he tarries, that where we're at three years <laughs> from now and what this – podcast looks like then and who knows what's going to happen in the next few months well years when did we get an empire somebody said <laughs> this past week on that twitter <laughs> that our empire is crumbling number one i never knew that we had an empire and if we have had an empire it's so underwhelming like i really <laughs> i wish somebody had told i thought if i had an empire i would be making more money I would you have, have more authority. Kenneth Copeland jet by now. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing, guys. We take shots from both sides. Oh, we yeah. We take shots from the progressive liberal Christians that don't like this state. They hate this statement, a lot of them. And we love you mm -hmm. guys, but this is who we are. And we'll have conversations about this, but we take a lot of shots from that side. We also take a lot of shots from the hardcore right wing uh what oh, we yeah. would say we believe are legalistic side they they come after us and when we say something they agree with they don't point it out they just mm -mm. point out the things they disagree with because there's a ton in the statement that we agree with with people within the ifb so we're taking shots from both sides but guys here's what i love you know who doesn't come after us people that have been hurt by fundamentalism they love yeah. us they send us emails, messages every single day of our lives now and tell us how much this has helped them, how much it's helped them process, how much healing it has brought to them. And that's why we that's exist. we're here for. To help and encourage. So, And we're not bitter. We're not yeah. bitter. We're not hurt. We're not sitting back and never recovering from this. Man, we are in this journey together, and you can't judge somebody based on the chapter of their story you're walking in on. And we have people that are reaching out to us every week that are on episode two. Remember where you were at in episode two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, they're coming back episode two, three, and four, and I forget what, what we were even talking about in episode two, three, and four. That's three years ago. But so we have people coming in that are fresh out of going through incredible hurt, walking through some really tough times. And so we're trying to help them. We're walking through that. And I posted it this week, Man, all three of us really were out of this for a long time and doing yeah. this podcast has put us right back in the middle of it. I mean, you know, 
thanks to the the tickety talk, Nathan, we're into the thick of it. Yes. Um, you, you don't even know that, but I mean, we're right back in the middle of it again. And I'll be honest with you, there's days where it would be a lot easier to not be in the middle of it, where this podcast, it would be a lot easier to not have started this ever and get back in these conversations. But just like you said, this, this has turned into a ministry, man. We can't, we can't quit and God has called us to this. And so we're going to do it. Yeah. And I also love that we've challenged ourselves in this a lot. statement that, that we're yeah. committing to maintaining Christian integrity and in our testimonies through our personal lives, ministries, mm-hmm. and social media interactions. People have challenged us. You know what? We've apologized. We've admitted sure. that we don't do everything perfectly. We need to be better. And I think we're all trying to do that. And hey, we're still learning. We're still growing. And I want to look more like Jesus this time next year Amen. than I do right you know now. Who's, you know who's a great example of that? Pastor Nick Carnes. I love that, oh, man. Nick Carnes is setting the standard so high for how we should treat and interact uh, with other pastors and other people. He's a great I just, dude. I just love that guy. And, and by really the way, is. you know, I just want to say to everybody who's listening, there are times that um, I know I come out pretty ferociously. And I mean, I'm just a brutally honest person. Even you guys know, even about myself, but it's really difficult when guys are standing behind the pulpit, calling your dad a homosexual Mm -hmm. just because he disagrees with them on some doctrinal or theological or, or traditional issues. And I just want everybody to put themselves um, in those shoes, when you hear guys stand behind a pulpit and you have people send you the video clips and they're mocking your family, yeah. you know, I, I believe in turning the other cheek, but like my Papa used to say, you only have four. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Once you turn all four at that point, you're out of cheeks. And so, you know, I just want to tell everybody, I know there've been times when I'm sure my tone has been harsh and wading back into this world and hearing mm. the nonsense and the the viciousness and all that, you know, I need to practice what my dad told me several years ago. He said to me back when I first came out of fundamentalism and I was angry, you know, almost 20 years ago now, he said, Brian, if you're not careful, you can be just as wrong in your defensive Mm-hmm. as others are in their offensive. And so I just want to guard myself against that. We are a whole lot closer to the IFB than we are to theological liberals. I think this yes. doctrinal sure. statement agree proves that. that. We're way closer to them in our theology, in our doctrine, and yet because of some insignificant secondary dress codes and things like that and Bible version issues, and I understand for them that's not a small issue, but it really is because we affirm Scripture. We believe God's Word. We try to live by it. We take it literally. We affirm the fundamentals. But because of some of those issues, they treat us like we are theological liberals. So, yeah, it's hard to get a little bit to, – to not get a little fired up about that. But here's the thing, man. If, if we're trying to build Christ's kingdom, then we, we, don't, we shouldn't get upset or try not to get upset when uh, we take some darts and some arrows in the back, sure. and, and we've taken a lot of those. 
And uh, guys, I honestly can't think of anybody else on this planet I'd rather take uh, attacks facade because you guys are the real deal. And I love you and appreciate you. And I think putting this doctrinal statement out is huge for us and we stand behind it and we don't apologize. I had a conversation today with somebody that I would have ranked up in the top five of people that I never yeah. thought would have been open to have a conversation. So I'm thankful Same. to God for the doors he's opening. And uh, yeah, all three of us share those stories. And man, I, I, I pray that God works some miracles through this. And we've prayed that, that, that doors would open. And we're already <laughs> talking to some really important IFB guys that I think can change a culture. So I'm believing God for great things. We've said, stay where you're at and make a change. Be the change yeah. in there. Bring some reform to that. You know, help it change. And what you just said, we're all talking to IFB guys that are staying yeah. right there. They're falling in love with Jesus, his word. That's revival. That's what revival looks like. It's when God shows up and the church falls back in love with him, not man-made tradition. And so if that's the win at the end of the day, man, we'll take anybody telling us we're going to hell if that's what we have to put up with. So, yeah. You know what? I would say this, JC, I've heard your personal testimony when no one else is around. I've heard you talk about Jesus and your love for him and how he changed your life and how that night in that Jeep, you mm -hmm. just poured your heart out to Jesus and he met you. Um, yeah, I'm glad, JC, that you're a brother in Christ. I look forward to being in eternity with you and I look forward to all the guys who are going to have to see you in heaven. As you, uh, <laughs> as you uh, kneel before the throne of God and you sing worthy of the lamb who's redeemed us to God by his own blood. You know, I'm not a man, hugger, but your boy going to be running with arms wide open to embrace some of them. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, isn't it sad that we make salvation at any point about what we can do, what we mm. have done or what we could ever do, rather than about what Jesus has done. There's only one perfect one. Our salvation is through him, and that's final. Amen. Amen. Well, boys, I love you. It's been an awesome journey, and uh, we're not done yet. Excited about what's coming up this summer for the RFP, and uh, I guess we'll see you back here next week. Y'all have a great week. Be sweet. Peace.